the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. I want you to know that true hope is not found in a diploma. True hope is not found in a lottery ticket. True hope is not found in the persuasive words of a political speech. True words are not found in an immoral relationship. Hope is not found in a bottle. Hope is not found in a pill. Hope can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch. Have you ever asked yourself the question, who is Jesus or what does it mean to be saved? How about questions like, what is eternity? Or is there a real God and where is he when I'm really suffering? These are just some of the topics we explore every day on this program. In these challenging times, we believe that God's word is the source to all our answers. So if you can, get out your Bibles. And let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message for us today. Good morning, good morning. How's everybody doing today? Good. This year, our theme at the church has been the theme anchored, trying to get everyone to be anchored to the Word. We're taking the whole year to just preach. We've had 21 sermons so far on the Old Testament. And today marks the day where we switch to the New Testament. We have 21 sermons to get here. We've got 14 through the New Testament. But what we want you to see is the Bible as one long, continuous story. And it's a story that God created you and that God loves you and that he's trying to redeem you. He wants to restore you, that God wants to save you. And the reason we're preaching through it is so that you can see the overall picture. There's one page between the Old and the New Testament. There's nothing on the page. It's just a blank sheet. That page represents 400 years of history. And what I want you to know as we begin here in the New Testament is that everything that we've looked at in the Old Testament, starting all the way back there in Genesis, everything we've looked at is a picture of when the Messiah would actually get here. All the way back there in Genesis, it's pointing to Jesus. Jesus is pictured as the promised seed. In Exodus, he's pictured as the Passover lamb. In Leviticus, he's pictured as the scapegoat. In Numbers, he's pictured as the brazen serpent. Remember, Israel had to look up at that snake up on the pole in order to be saved. And it was symbolic of Jesus. In Deuteronomy, he's pictured as the lawgiver. Joshua, he's the prophet and the priest. In Judges, he's the judge of all judges. In Ruth, he's our kinsman redeemer. In First and Second Samuel, he's the anointer of prophets. And in Kings, he is the king of all kings. In Chronicles, he's the great historian. 
in Ezra and Nehemiah, he's the rebuilder of the house of God. In Job, he's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. In Psalms, he's pictured as the great shepherd. In Proverbs, he's pictured as wisdom. In Song of Solomon, he's the great lover. In Isaiah, he's the wonderful counselor and the prince of peace. In Jeremiah, he's the weeping prophet. In Ezekiel, he's the will in the middle of the will. And what you have in the Old Testament, all it is, it's he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Hold on, hold on, hold on. He's coming, he's coming, he's coming, he's coming. Well, when's he going to get here? He's coming, he's coming. And then you come to that blank page. 400 years of silence, 400 years of hopelessness, 400 years of, when is he going to get here? 400 years of nothing. And then God breaks the silence with the cry of a baby. But I want to tell you something. It's not just one baby. It's two babies. I want to talk to you today not about one baby. I want to talk to you about two babies. Both babies fulfilled prophecies. Both babies were anointed by the angel Gabriel, announced by the angel Gabriel. Both had miraculous births in nature. Both babies were boys. Both babies influenced their culture. Both babies would eventually be executed. One would have his head cut off and served on a platter. The other would be crucified to a cross. Both babies were, re- they were related to each other. They were kin. Some people believe they might have actually been cousins. The first baby actually broke the silence. The second baby broke the power of sin and death. And I want to tell you the story, but more importantly, I want the Bible to tell you the story. It begins, write this down, number one in your notes. It begins with Zechariah. He was chosen by God in Luke chapter 1. I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Luke chapter 1. God breaks the silence in Matthew 1, Mark 1, Luke 1, and John chapter 1. Back in the Old Testament, we learned that there were 24 priestly divisions, or what we would call precincts. Every division was responsible to go to Jerusalem and serve in the temple two weeks out of the year. Your division, large number of priests, You'd have to go to Jerusalem and serve, and you'd be a part of the temple worship and the offering of the sacrifices and the burnt offerings. And the only exception to that, of course, was during the high holy days where in Jerusalem, three times a year, every Jewish person was supposed to go to Jerusalem, and in that case, all of the divisions would be in Jerusalem. But other than the holy days, as a priest in one of the 24 precincts or divisions you only had to go to jerusalem and work for the two weeks out of the year now once you got to jerusalem your division all kinds of priests they would draw straws the bible says that they would cast lots to determine 
which one out of the division actually got to go inside the holy place and light incense. That was like a drawing of some sort. Now with that in mind, let's read it. Luke chapter 1, verse 8. It says, once when Zechariah's division was on duty, he was serving as priest before God. He was chosen by Lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and to burn incense. And when the time for the burning of the incense came, all the assembled worshipers were praying outside. Verse 11, this is exciting. An angel of the Lord appeared to him, standing at the right side of the altar. He couldn't miss the angel. He's lighting the altar, and right there to the right was the angel. And look at verse 12. When Zechariah saw him, he was startled, and he was gripped with fear, the Bible says. But the angel said to him in verse 13, Do not be afraid, Zechariah. Your prayer has been heard. Your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you are to give him the name what? John. Now, what kind of a name is that? John? And the angel says, you're going to have a son. You're going to name him John. And then notice what he says in verse 16. This is good. It says that many of the people of Israel are going to be brought back to the Lord because of John. He says, your baby will be the one that goes on before the Lord in the power and the spirit of Elijah. He's quoting the last verse in the Bible, in the Old Testament, that little page of 400 years. If you look at the last book, is the book of Malachi. And if you look at the very last verse before the 400 years of silence, that angel is actually quoting the last verse in the Old Testament. And he says, your child will go on before the Lord in the spirit and the power of Elijah, and your baby will prepare people and be the one who will introduce people to the coming Messiah. Now, Zechariah, he knew the Scriptures because he was a priest. And have you ever been in a situation where the news was so good, it was too good to be true, you just couldn't believe it? Here he's been waiting, the entire nation of Israel been waiting. It's been 400 years of silence. And God's getting ready to break the silence. Here's an angel appears and says to Zechariah, it's going to be your baby is going to be the one who's going to introduce the Messiah. And so he's excited that the Messiah is going to appear. He's excited that his son's going to actually be the one who introduces the Messiah. And so he says in verse 18, this is in the Bible, how can I be sure of this? He says, I'm old. And then he says the politically correct thing, because you never say that your wife is old. I don't care how old she gets. You do not say she's old. He goes, how can this be? He goes, I'm old and my wife is... Well, let me, let me word it like this. She's uh, well along in years. Zechariah's asking for a sign. Look what he said in verse 20. He said, from this point on... You will not be able to speak. You're going to lose your voice. And at that moment, he could not talk. He could not say a word. He became a mute. You want a sign? Here's your sign. You can't speak and tell this baby. That's bullet number one. Bullet number two, write this down quickly. Bullet number two. 
Six months later, now we're going to baby number two. See, John's baby number one. Now we're going to baby, the baby you thought I was going to be talking about. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was what? Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with a child and give birth to a son. This is baby number two. And you are to give him the name. What's his name going to be? Jesus. Verse 32. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. You see, this is one continuous story. And verse 33 says, And he will reign over the house of Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Verse 34. She says, how will this be, since I am a virgin? And the angel answered, that the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. And here's how we know they're related. These two babies are related. Here's how we know, because it says in the next verse, verse 36, even your relative Elizabeth is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is in her sixth month, for nothing is impossible with God. And do you remember... When Zechariah was told this, he says, I need a sign. How do I know this is all? That's not what happens to Mary. Mary says in verse 38, I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you have said. Which would you expect to be more trusting? A religious leader? Or a teenage girl? And you see, the reason why Mary was so trusting was that she refused to look on the negatives. All she understood was that with God, all things are possible. And Zechariah, he could only see the negative. Bullet point number three, we're going to go back to baby number one. John gets his name. And this starts in verse 57. It's kind of a funny story. I want to explain it to you. And I want you to picture this big Jewish family all together in this room. And they're all getting ready to circumcise the boy and give him his name. And they're all talking. Of course, everyone but Zechariah, because Zechariah can't talk. He, he's over in the corner. And, and so they're talking. Oh, you just picture this family. So what are you going to name the baby? And they're, they're suggesting, you're going to name him Zechariah, aren't you? I mean, after all, his daddy's a priest. His daddy's a holy man, a righteous man. And God has blessed you. You're going to name him Zechariah, aren't you? And the Bible says, I think it's verse 60, Elizabeth goes, no, I, I, think, I think we're going to name him John. <laughs> and this is in the Bible, verse 61, the family goes, there is no one among your relatives with that name. <laughs> and over in the corner is silent Zach. Hadn't said a word in nine months. But in verse 62, one of the funniest verses in the Bible, he asked for an iPad. That's what it says. It says he asked for a writing tablet and to 
It's in the Bible. To everyone's astonishment, he writes, his name will be John. Period. <laughs> and verse 64, it says immediately his mouth was open, his tongue was set free, and he begins to speak for the first time in nine months. And what does he say? He begins to praise God because he could not stop thinking about everything with this child, what God was doing. God was working in his midst, and so he praised God. You need to understand that from the moment the sun rises to the time that the sun set, that God is working in your life. Even when you don't think He is, He's there, He's working, and you ought to be praising God for what He's doing in your life today. And then, and then the Bible says that Zechariah began to sing. I mean, he hadn't, had, he hadn't been able to talk for nine months. He'd been working on a song. It takes a long time to write a song sometimes. And he wrote this song in, in, in honor of his son. And I I can't read the whole prayer to you, the whole song, but I want to read two verses. Verse 76, and he's singing, and he's going, and my, my child, he says, will be called a prophet for the Most High, and he will go on before the Lord, the Messiah, and he will actually be preparing the way for the coming of the Lord. Verse 77, to give his people the knowledge of salvation through the forgiveness of their sins. And then we go to the last bullet, going back to baby number two now. Hope I'm not confusing you. Where Emmanuel is born. I want you to take your Bibles and turn over to Matthew chapter 1. Go to Matthew chapter 1. And I want to read this. We're going to read this together, out loud together. Matthew 1, verse 18, and we're going to read to the end of the chapter, and I want you to read it with me, okay? Just read it out loud. Here we go. You ready? This is how the birth of Jesus Christ came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be with child through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was a righteous man, and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And she will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins." All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, that the virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did what the angel the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. Emmanuel, which means God with us. There are two questions that he answered, and I have to skip some of this for time, but number one, write this down. He answers the question of hope. We live in a broken world, a world that is desperate, where families are living in chaos, 
where lives have been shattered, emotions have been frayed, our bodies battle hideous lurking diseases, we are desperate for a cure, hoping against all odds. We've lost jobs, we've lost homes, we've lost children who've gone astray. Our retirement accounts have dwindled. I want you to know that true hope is not found in a diploma. True hope is not found in a lottery ticket. True hope is not found in the persuasive words of a political speech. True words are not found in an immoral relationship. Hope is not found in a bottle. Hope is not found in a pill. Hope can only be found in the person of Jesus Christ. Former astronaut James Irwin once said, there's something more important than man walking on the moon. It's God walking on earth. And he answers, second of all, the question of life. In John chapter 1, as he breaks the silence in John 1, it says, in him, in Jesus, was life. And every issue you have in life, in this life or the next, can be found The hope and the life is found in Jesus Christ. Up to this point in our series called The Story, as we've looked at the Old Testament, everything that we've studied is really about God wanting to engage with His people, but from a distance. As we come to the New Testament, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and for the rest of our series, you're going to see that it's truly a story of God coming near to man. And so he sends Jesus to be born as we are born and to live as we live and to die as we die. But even more than that, he sent Jesus to take on our leprosy, our sinful condition, and suffer accordingly on our behalf. And because of that, you'll see in the next few weeks as we study His life, His teachings, His parables, His death, and yes, His resurrection, that because of Jesus Christ, our world can be transformed into a place to die, into a place to live. And one day we will live forever in a place called heaven. May God bless this sermon and let's stand for just a word of prayer. It's a blessing for us to bring this program to you every day. We exist only by our faithful partners who support us through their prayers and financial gifts. If Pastor Dudley's message has been a blessing to you, we would like to encourage you to consider joining in partnership with us so we can continue to be here every day to bless others with this important ministry. Your gifts, whether large or small, are greatly appreciated and go directly to help keep us on the air. You can find out more about supporting us by calling our toll-free number, 888 818 That number again is 888-818-4777. We have operators standing by and ready to take your call. You can also support us by going to our website, liftupjesus.com forward slash reach. That address again is liftupjesus.com forward slash and then the word reach. Wouldn't it be great if there were accessible answers to our spiritual problems? Just like there's a smartphone app for calculating a tip or getting directions to a local store. Most of us have heard the phrase, there's an app for that, popularized by the creators of the iPhone. 
Well, God has an app for the common problems faced by Christians everywhere. Are you stressed out? God has an app for that. Problem with crude language or gossip? Struggling with prejudice? Brokenhearted? Anxious? Or depressed? God has an app for that too. Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, is available now for a gift of any size to the Lift Up Jesus ministry. This helpful resource can be yours right now by calling our toll-free number, 888-818-4777. That number again is 888-818-4777. You can also get God Has an App for That on our website, liftupjesus.com. That address again is liftupjesus.com. Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. Hello, friends. My name is Dusty Frizzell, and I want to invite you to our new Thursday night service at Shepherd Church. That's right. We're adding a fourth service starting May 5th. Worship service starts at 7 p.m., and it's for all ages, but we're going to have food trucks before the service. In the first few weeks, the food is going to be free. We'll be following the same sermon series as the weekends, and you'll hear from myself, from some of my friends, and even from Pastor Dudley. So if you'll be gone on a weekend, or you just want to open up some seats for others on the weekends, join us on Thursdays starting May 5th, at 7 p.m. I hope to see you there. All information on dates, service times, and locations can be found on our website, shepherdchurch.com. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley. Star General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.